0: You're listening to Behind the Headlines, a weekly news talk show hosted by the Express News Group, publishers of the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and featuring distinguished journalists from the East End to discuss what's news on the north and south North and South works of Long Island. The program airs on wliw Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. and repeats Sundays at 1 p.m. I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. I'm joined joined today by my co-host, Annette Hinkle, the arts and living editor for the Express News Group. Good morning, Annette.
1: Hey, Bill. How are you doing?
0: Good. And we are joined by our two esteemed panelists today, Denise Civiletti, editor and publisher of Riverhead Local. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. And Michael Mackey, local host for Long Island Morning Edition, right here on WLIWFM. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, folks. Good. So let's uh, start with the... Good news out of Washington. The Senate confirmed Katondja Brown Brown Jackson to the Supreme Court um, on Thursday. Um, She is the first black woman, Supreme Court justice. This is great news, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. For for the first time, first time ever, the white males are in the minority, which is kind of an unusual situation. And and, a little.
0: (laughs) And um, I and and gives Joe Biden at least um, a a foothold on the minority on on the Supreme Court. What is it? Six, six to three now. But but at least secures that um, that one liberal seat.
2: I think it's really cool that I mean, the the core with, as you point out, like the diversity that it's in a historic way, I mean, the first uh, female African-American justice. Uh, It's the first time there are two African-American justices on the Supreme Court. Of course, uh, she joins Clarence Thomas there. And there's a a Latino woman, uh, Sonia Sotomayor. Um, And so, I mean, that's really, you know, when you when you think about that, uh, it's groundbreaking and um, more more power to them. I think that I mean, I was just completely repulsed, I don't know about you guys, but by uh, what they tried to do uh, during during the confirmation, making this woman to, uh, you know, child sexual predators. and Such. I mean, based on this, like they they said that she wasn't uh, tough enough on uh, sex offenders. Um, And then that, like, of course, took on a whole life of its own.
0: well, well, that um, seems to be the far right, right wing ref- refrain lately. Is yeah, is yeah. you know? I mean, yeah. we'll just call everybody a child molester and yeah. you know, swing votes that way. It's sickening.
1: It's like the remnants of the Pizzagate thing. So yeah. oh, they realize, so that riles people up.
2: I don't know. I just I, you know, I find that whole thing kind of depressing. That that's like mm-hmm. kind of what it, what our government processes have turned into over and over again. It seems mm-hmm. there's uh, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Sorry. I don't mean to be a Debbie Downer here or a Denny Downer <laughs> as the case, maybe. <laughs> but.
0: Yeah. Oh, but but she came through and there were even a couple of Republican votes for her, which which I thought was was interesting. Not not a lot. I mean, it was two or three. And mm-hmm. um, three I, I, I mean, that, right, that's uh, depressing, too, that, uh, that, uh, that even, you know, a vote for Supreme Court justice just turns into this this partisan partisan vote all the time. There's no, you know. I guess things have always been partisan, but it's just depressing. I don't
1: you think know, like right. this. I mean, we'll ever go back to where they actually work with each other across the aisle. I just wonder if those days are gone.
3: Yeah. The political schism is so pronounced sociologically also. It's, it feels like we'll never go back. It does, doesn't it? It almost feels like we were never there. Yeah. This is the, the yeah. new normal. I, the it, lead it's up, estimated the lead that...
1: To,
2: Sorry, go ahead, Mike. No,
3: I was just saying I was agreeing with what you said earlier, Denise. It just felt so um, ugly and inappropriate the way that the 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 review process now, the way it's going, it's just so political and it's just an opportunity to take sound bites and not really come to a rational decision. I heard on uh, uh, right wing talk radio this morning, seventy seven WABC, the three Republicans referred to as traitors. And of course, they're always called rhinos. So it's it's what a situation we're in right now.
2: It was it was Romney, Murkowski, and Collins, right?
1: Yeah, correct.
2: Yeah. Um, So yeah, I mean that's that's it. There, you know, people that don't toe the party line are traitors. And I I, I was just going to say that I heard I uh, saw that it's estimated that twenty five percent of registered Republicans identify as followers of Q. Wow. Really? Isn't still? That, uh, yeah. I, it's some survey. Yeah. I don't I mean, isn't that nuts? Like, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I okay. I, I think that's nuts. And uh, mm. I, uh, anybody out there that listening doesn't like that. tough. <laughs> <laughs> well, QAnon is so
3: absurd. You wonder how such... anybody could believe it. Mm-hmm. But one thing it exactly. does. For us here, it helps us better understand how 60 percent of Russians could believe mm-hmm. Putin and that yep. the uh, military incursion in uh, Ukraine isn't really a war. Right. That's a patriotic endeavor. I'm not sure 10 years ago I could totally understand that. But yeah. if we have 25 percent of uh, a major party believing in QAnon, then you can convince Americans of uh, anything, just like the uh, Russian propaganda can uh, Yeah, this is definitely parallel. They said
1: that that uh, Putin's um, approval ratings have gone through the roof. Over yeah. in um, Russia. Yeah. so it's On working the other hand, there. If a
3: surveyor calls you in Russia and asks for your opinion. Are you're very careful cow- <laughs> But here. <laughs> <laughs> so here's
0: That's the thing imagine. they probably
1: do approve because they're only getting a very <laughs> yeah. slim right. view of reality. So right. Um, they're,
0: they're being told I'm sure that, they're being, know,
1: being I'm sure most of them are being honest, but they are just not getting the honest truth.
0: They're being told so, to, uh, Ukrainians are Nazis and you know, and that he's going in there and he's freeing the, you know, um, people of Russian descent and all that.
1: So back it's when to, they're when their soldiers don't come home that they'll start wondering, I guess. But
0: back to the the, the Supreme Court thing. Did you did you hear the thing about uh, Jimmy Kimmel? So it was uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who who I'm sure we all um, love well, had had, um, had had made a statement about. So the the three Republicans that that uh, that voted in, in favor of of the appointment had had said they were you know supporting. Um, uh, child molesters, of of course, because that's you know that's that's the the refrain. And and Jimmy Kimmel made made some joke and and said something about where's where's Will Smith um, when when you need him. And so she filed a police report uh, with, with the DC police that Jimmy Kimmel was was threatening her. So um, I, I thought that was your tax
1: dollars at work.
0: Kind of kind of okay. funny and interesting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So I wonder if that'll anything will come that. No, it's,
2: it's hard to even know what to say to these. When, <laughs> it's when it's kind, of, kind of you're ridiculous, talking. right? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I remember the first time I, I, I mean, maybe I live in my own little, but my local bubble here because I don't always keep up with uh, national uh, news the way maybe I should, but um I, there was a uh, one of those Trump parades, like well, I'm calling it a Trump parade, but well, it was kind of a Trump. It was a Trump supporter parade in 2020, um, and um, they 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 had a staging area in the what we call the, effectually the old Walmart parking lot, which is this big vacant uh, sea of asphalt, and it's a good place to gather in vehicles and uh, et cetera. And there were people there with signs about save our children and yeah. something about you know democrats eat babies
0: yeah, yeah. That's, that's the QAnon stuff. stuff <laughs> yeah.
1: that's that never, pizzagate thing yeah
2: i had never like seen that i was like what is that about you know yeah and um and then i got this guy on video who came over and kind of got in my face and was calling me fake news and stuff like that <laughs> This was, this was, yeah i was just saying it was really weird it was just a really weird well,
0: well that was ex- the experience. brilliant that was the brilliance of it all though right is is so you start this whole fake news um you know thing everything's fake news and then you can tell people whatever you want and when you know when when the truth comes that's out right. and when the truth is reported then it's all just dismissed and that's how that brainwashing
2: thing. and we and we we live with that even on a local level i mean uh, you know i remember yeah. a, a year or two ago a one of the sitting uh, councilmen referred to something that uh, we published as fake news. Like he actually used that term. And I, you know, after the meeting, I I, I kind of got in his face a little bit because, you know, I don't like that. And uh, he apologized and was, you know, but, uh, you know, it's easy to tag, you know, the media with that because we're the big bad media. And that's, you know, the, the whole um, conversation that's that's. I call propaganda about
1: stuff very Russian, isn't it? Everything, oh, we,
0: you know, we have an agenda,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So,
3: anyway, should
1: we, anyway,
2: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Did and we, informed citizenry is an essential element of a functioning, vital democracy, we've been told since we were children. And right. that's under siege right now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, really well, well, it really is. We're, I mean, I think there are still, there are, there are a lot of people that just don't know where to turn to, to, to get informed. The sources that they're turning to, that they see, um, you know, an older generation turning to um, may, may not may not be offering them. You know,
1: or they do know where to turn, but it's just not the truth. Right. You know, that's what they're going to listen to. And that's all they're going to listen to. Yeah.
3: I noticed a local auto dealer here in Southampton. Whenever I went in there, I always uh, would wait around and watch News 12 Long Island. I was there a few days ago, had to wait a few moments. And I noticed they were showing Fox News. Mm. Mm. For what it's worth. That's an interesting situation. My wife said, well, maybe they uh, disconnected cable. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh,
2: that,
3: that's
2: the, I see, I see that a lot. I mean,
3: yeah, you I know, um, are it, well, when I, you drive from uh, New Jersey, the, the rest area there and you go to Ohio, where my daughter used to go to college, every uh, stop after you leave the, the tri-state area has Fox on
2: yeah,
1: I'm from Ohio, so I know that I know that mentality well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And it's gotten more. Like I don't remember it being that partisan when I was growing up in that part of the world. Um, but it's definitely gotten very much more divided. The people that I still know that live out there um, say it's gotten kind of kind of ugly.
3: Oh, well, we're pretty divided on Long Island. So yeah, We really are. Yeah, one of are are the actually. most segregated segments of the United States of America, actually, mm-hmm. by design.
1: Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Escape the city, right?
3: Yeah,
2: well, I just you know, but yeah, switch topics. No, go ahead, (laughs) say what you're gonna say, and then we can
3: lament about that. But we're behind the headlines, here.
2: (laughs) we're way behind the headlines. I just you know, I mean, the days are gone when I feel like there was you know, honest bipartisan you know, government where there was honest partisan disagreement. I mean. I feel like, you know, everything is geared toward like this sounds good, so we're just going to keep repeating it until it becomes the fact, you know, because we can, you know, you know, we can use this mm. to our advantage. This being the, you know, the, the partisan, you know, political hacks and the, um, the, the elected officials and the wannabe elected officials. I mean, I feel like I, we've discussed this before. That yeah. The whole thing with bail reform to segue into the state budget. The, You know, the so called bail reform, when you have people who are talking about, um, you know, the need for bail as a way to just, you know, make sure everybody remains incarcerated, you know, to prevent crime without any, without a shred of evidence that, you know, this is, that that it's impacted the crime rate in any way. I mean, it's just, you know, but they just keep humping on that. And, you know, the governor, I think, capitulated.
0: To it, so, um, so that is part of the the state budget. Which yeah. we're we're recording this on Friday, um, when you hear it on Saturday. So so the uh, state legislature legislature was expected to vote on the two hundred and twenty billion dollar plan. I, I almost can't say that; it just seems like so much money. Two hundred and twenty <laughs> billion dollar plan, um, you know, presented by Kathy Hochul. Um, that that includes that bail reform measure and some other measures. But but let's start with the bail reform measure. So um, she she took a step back on that, obviously. So, so the original bail reform measure was uh, was part of Cuomo's budget in 2019. Right. I think that was it mm-hmm. um, where um, where most misdemeanors and nonviolent felony crimes if people were arrested on it for a misdemeanor and nonviolent felony um, then the, the state, the new state law came in and said that they had to be released, that they couldn't be held on bail because because it was lower level crimes. And it was an effort to um, to kind of even even the score for people who were arrested, people who who were were of lower financial means and, and, and from certain communities often were, were held in jail for um, months, if not years awaiting trial. Um, while well, well, people who had more money or better means were able to, to make bail. So as part of her budget, she's, t- and that was, it was highly criticized by, you know, by, the conservative side um, in the state that um, that, uh, you know, criminals were roaming free and committing more crimes and, um, you know, and being violent. So she took a step back. She made some changes to that, giving judges more authority to set bail for repeat offenders and those accused of gun crimes is that a is that a fair compromise denise i am i'm of the mindset that the original was fine that that look there's going to be some adjust adjustment and all that but bail bail should not be a punishment bail should um bail should be used strictly to secure somebody's coming back to court right
2: That's correct. I mean, that's the purpose of bail is to ensure that somebody returns to court, because if they don't, they'll lose the money they put up. It might be cash. It might be a bond, uh, you know. uh, And if it's a bond, generally speaking, they have to have some kind of asset to back it up. So usually the people of lesser you know, financial means don't have that option. And there's cash bail set that they can't make. And so they sit in jail, in the county jail, sometimes for, you know, more than a year on an accusation of a crime that if convicted, they couldn't be incarcerated for that length of time. So,
0: you know, they they lose their job and they lose their car and they they can't
2: support their families. They can't. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of consequences and the impacts of that on people who, uh, who don't have the money. It absolutely uh, affects the the effect that you know the uh, people of color and communities of color way more, and that's what this was aimed at addressing. And it took effect in January of 2020. Shortly thereafter, obviously, coronavirus shut everything down, uh, including I think you know policing. I mean, you know we, we we saw that in Riverhead, arrests like totally plummeted, even when criminal incidents. Continued to be about the same as they were after that first month of lockdown, but arrests weren't happening, and everybody blamed that on you know everybody. Uh, frankly, a lot of people uh, locally anyway exaggerated the uh, level of criminal activity and you know the crime rate, et cetera, pinning it on um, on this bail reform thing, and. Um, you know, it just it's patently untrue It is what it is. And but it's a convenient political trope. And that's what they've done with it. And when you have people who are, you know, attorneys who should know better, like uh, Lee Zeldin, who is a Republican candidate for governor, I mean, he's made a, a career out of blasting this bill, a cashless bail, cashless bill. And, you know. It's it's just without foundation. It really is. And it's a shame.
0: But but was there there room to
2: tweak it? I I mean, I suppose so. I mean, judge. look, the universal reaction among law enforcement was this is bad. And the universal reaction that I heard from a lot of uh, certainly local uh, justices (laughs) They they wanted to retain their um, authority to have you know their discretion to say well this person should. But
0: isn't 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 that where systemic bias comes from? Yeah. Is from from that discretion and and I'm not pointing a finger at any at any judges. I, you know, I'm, I'm sure they all do a great job. I, I think sometimes that's a subconscious bias that's that that becomes systemic that, you know, it, it's my judgment. And, you know, and, you know, for for whatever reason, this person should have bail and that person shouldn't uh, accused of of committing, you know, equal crimes. I don't know.
2: So you had a package of reform that was backed up by all kinds of data, you know, and all kinds of and all sorts of studies and everything else. And then on the, you know, in opposition to that, you have just a lot of like hysterical ranting basically. Yeah. Um, and no data, nothing to back up and you know what's happening. What, what's, it, your, what's
0: your what's your take Michael? I mean, do you, you think judges should have more discretion?
3: Well, it did come up locally in that uh, grab and and bang uh, case right. in East Hampton, where the uh, the suspects uh, fled and were eventually caught. The judge who oversaw the uh, the arraignment was frustrated that he uh, had to let them go, and he felt that that was uh, inappropriate, and uh, he would have uh, preferred to exercise more discretion. I don't know that this reform is all that uh, Governor Hochul has put forth and will be. Uh, passed uh on friday is all that uh, great a difference i mean if there's a but it does give the judge leeway i believe to uh deem a uh, if the, he deems the person dangerous then uh he will uh, over overrule the uh, the cashless bail it's It's a very difficult uh, challenging situation yeah. N- and nobody in their right mind should want uh economics the uh the the wealth or lack of wealth of an individual to play a role in whether or not they're they're kept in jail. They're kept in jail because they've committed a crime or are accused of committing a crime. And if a rich person can get out on bail, then a, a poor person should be allowed to leave also. But what's the leverage you have over the uh, the poor person is what the uh, others will argue. That person, in fact, you could also argue, this is all about perception, right? No. We have lots of statistics that indicate that the cashless bail isn't the reason for the increase in in crime however if it's perceived by the people committing the crime that they can get away with it at worst they'll be let go and if they can decide not to come back to the uh, the hearing then perhaps that is creating more crime but statistics indicate that it does the cashless bail has not created a significant increase in crime. That the significant increase in crime is not just in New York State, but across the country. Right. And they have uh, laws that are different here. So it, to attach one to the other is uh, it can be argued is not and fair. Other
2: other jurisdictions, Michael, where they've implemented this sort of you know arrangement with with bail reform when they did that, which is not which did not coincide with this particular. You know, time in history and in our, in our economy, in other words, years before um, did not have did not see the increase in crime and did not, that that, you know, so it's like there are a lot of things to refute what I just called hysterical ranting, but the hysterical ranting, I think, continues and it's, it's unfortunate.
3: So, well, to, it, to yeah. ignore it and just say it's hysterical, though, the perception is politics, and yeah. using that as, <laughs> a, as, a, as a means to sure. stir up your base and perhaps uh, uh, scare those on the fringe could be significant this coming November. Well, that's yeah. that's oh, always yeah. that's
0: always been politicians have always gone there. Law and order. The, the criminals, the, the criminals are going to come and they're going to beat you out of your houses and steal your you know stuff and and all that for for hundreds of years. That's always been, you know, the 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 hysteria. That's how you you, you drum up your base.
2: I mean, I, I didn't say the hysterical ranting wasn't effective. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, it works every time. I mean, look at everything with, uh, we've just been through with the masks and the, you know, the shutdown, you know, the restrictions and the masks and the vaccines. I mean, uh, that's the epitome of you know hysterical ranting with baseless, you know, uh, information being put out there, incorrect information, and you know, look, look where that got us.
3: Well, we won't hear the last of Cashless Bell. It's going to be a significant no. topic raised and put forth. By uh, Republican candidates from uh, the Montauk Point to Albany and uh, throughout the state sure. and throughout the country, actually, in in in, in some ways, uh, but the Lee Zeldin, who does appear to, uh, he has a primary he has to get through in in June, and there are a couple of uh, candidates that could pose a challenge. But I've seen some recent surveys. Now, they're Republican-commissioned. But Zeldon's not all that far behind uh, Governor Hochul, if they're the two candidates. Mm. He, he's within striking distance per recent Republican-commissioned surveys. So I, I won't, and, and they're minimal. But this just feels a little bit like uh, Pataki and uh, Governor Mario Cuomo back in the day, that, that right. the unexpected could happen, especially if you stir up Right. the the fear of uh, of further danger. I mean, if you read the read the New York Post, if you watch some of just the, the basic New York City news channels, every every uh, every news segment leads off with a with a crime in Queens yeah. or or Brooklyn or the, and it's uh, is there more crime than ever? We just have more reporters out there, and we have cell phones to record them. I'm not 100 percent certain about that.
0: Well, if it bleeds, well, it leads. <laughs> Yeah. The crime stories. I was I was just um in western New York in, in Rochester, which per capita apparently has more 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 murders than any other city. I'm not sure if the state or the, you know or the, or the country they were saying. And, and absolutely it's the same up there. And it's, and I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, bail reform and, and, you know, and anti, you know, Hochul and, and that kind of stuff. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lee Zelda does really well either. I've been saying that since, since day one.
1: Yeah, you're like the barometer because you have family up there. I'm sure you had some interesting discussions during your visit.
0: We try not to talk politics, too, much because we don't, you know, you know, you're either going to argue or you're going to agree to to disagree and, and move on. And, you know, and we had other stuff to talk about. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm not one to plant the flag, especially when you're in enemy territory.
3: <laughs> I had a question I wanted to ask you guys. I see that um, in order to. Get into a primary, you have to have gotten at least fifteen thousand petitions. and uh, the Giuliani Mayor Giuliani's son got thirty thousand petitions. He claimed that Wilson, the other guy got thirty six thousand petitions. How do you do that? thirty six thousand doors,
0: you, right? You do. You, you have a him. lot of a lot of people on your team that that just go out and and you know
1: well that's and, the and thing. Have, it's like this you country office. you can't really run for office unless you're really well financed, which is kind of a shame but- right. Those with the money to hire people to do that kind of thing are the ones that are going to get on the ballot and continue to have the power.
0: Well, know. and they've got volunteers, I'm sure, too. A lot of volunteers that 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 are you know of, of like mind that would like to see their candidate yeah. you know get the nomination. And
1: but you still got to have a lot of money to make that happen. I think.
3: Well, but sure. does that do those petitions? Those signatures have to be physical on a, on a piece of paper still.
2: Yes. I yes. yeah, believe they do.
3: That's a lot of legwork. Yeah. It a is. lot of people involved for for the. Mayor Giuliani's son yeah. to get 30,000 signatures, if that's true. He, we know he got at least 15,000 because he's going to be on the ballot in the primary. That's a lot of legwork and that's a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And definitely- that's a- well, you probably want to do it in an urban area where you're just knocking on apartment doors instead of five acre zoning doors.
0: Well, and that's across the <laughs> state, too, if you've got a volunteer, yeah. if you've got volunteers in each city um yeah. that, are, that are going out i mean you know break it down you know how many that, that st- I, it, right michael don't it's forget
2: too presumably he's doing that without um a party organization behind him too i mean yeah. that's where party organizations come in where you have committee people in every precinct in every town and every county you know carrying carrying your petitions yeah uh, zeldon doesn't even have to do that right because he's he got uh I forget. So he doesn't party have to. Party. He doesn't have to qualify. Totally the ballot, yes. You know? Yes. But the question to me in my mind is, is Andrew Giuliani or Lee Zeldin going to get Donald Trump's endorsement? Hmm.
3: Yes. They're both contesting for it.
2: Well, I mean, you know, Zeldin has been a very faithful soldier for oh, God, president 45. And that's irrelevant. Know, course, to
3: Trump. Trump will pick whichever guy he thinks is going to win. Yeah. But of course, I mean, of course Andrew,
2: Andrew Giuliani lived. is uh, Rudy's son, who's been his, you know, constant companion. Rudy's still know.
3: waiting to get paid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I, I say Trump goes with Zeldin. I think he's a more I think viable you're right, candidate than Andy, <laughs> Andrew Giuliani. I still can't get the, my, the image of him when he was a little kid. Right.
1: Was, uh, at, at Yankee at, at Stadium conference. with the mayor. Like grabbing the microphone from
2: his conference. dad. Right. Like he was such an... <laughs> He was so obnoxious. Right. there you go. He was such don't, an obnoxious little kid. I, I remember that.
0: Companies. Yeah. Don't say anything we have to edit out.
2: <laughs> no, 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 no. No curse words.
0: <laughs> uh, so the governor's budget also includes um, suspending part of the state gasoline tax Um, 16 cents per gallon I think the tax is around 33 32 or 33 cents a gallon and there were people calling for the you know suspension of 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 all of that I, I think that's personally I think that's just another political move I can't see that 16 cents a gallon is is going to make much of a difference in you know and in, in in my bottom line, um, I think it you know again it it's it's attractive to the to the people who've been calling for for the suspension of the tax and and I read some articles I mean that gas tax is, is all earmarked for you know for for projects and you know and and pays for pays for state. Um, Services you know across the state, so so yeah. so you and I aren't aren't paying that necessarily, but we're going to have to pay it um, in another form anyway to pay for those services. So I don't driving
1: know. over more potholes, I suppose. Oh, for example, <laughs> that's been a spectator sport lately, watching people hit those.
0: Oh my gosh! I, I thought <laughs> I broke my. New, I got a new car. I thought I broke my new car. I hit one and I j- I just bounced down the road after. All yeah. oh, was crazy.
3: So in watermill, instead of where I have to get my gasoline with due to my uh, work schedule and and direction, instead of paying uh four fifty a gallon, I'll only be paying uh four thirty five or four thirty four. Wow, what a, that's gonna really feel <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: what are you gonna do with that extra sixteen cents a gallon, Michael?
3: Well I use a lot of gas, so it'll add up.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: You got to come
0: to Riverhead. I think I paid three ninety nine the other day. It was it was a treat. <laughs> well, that's Under what we four. all
3: live on the South Fork. Whenever we leave the South Fork, we make sure we bring cash with us so we can buy some gasoline. Right up Island or in Riverhead. That's an interesting story about the new gas. Three new gas stations being uh, considered, and uh, Southampton Town's involvement with that. There's a. There used to be a gas station in Hampton Bays between Macy's and Stop and Shop. And there's someone who uh, wants to open that up as a 7-Eleven. It's in the, the Southampton Press. And also in uh, Riverhead, in, uh, in Riverside, I guess it is. Right on there's the traffic a, circle, a, yeah. Yeah, the traffic circle there. That eyesore uh, has become a gas station. I, wouldn't that add uh, more traffic to that? Another 7-Eleven. Yeah. Another 7-Eleven, Yeah. And then each uh, squawk, they want to uh, refurbish it. So it's an interesting time, isn't it? On the one hand, we want to uh, become more sustainable and, and use uh, fuel that uh, does not degrade uh, Mother Earth and our ability to live upon it in a, in a safe, healthy way. But we're still scrambling to, uh, to get gasoline and fuel because of various factors surrounding us from far away and up close. I, I was at a West
0: Hampton Beach village board meeting on Wednesday night and there's a proposal for a new seven 11 and you guessed it gas station right on, on old riverhead road, um, near the, um, near the, uh, train station there, I guess. And you, you guessed it, Michael, they, they're, 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 not talking about, um, you know, electric charging stations. It's, it's, um, 16 gas pumps and a, and a big Island.
3: Um, <laughs> The federal government has provided funds to the state of New York to provide more electrical uh, outlets and uh, charging stations. So we haven't been told exactly where they'll be, but a significant number is supposed to be put on Long Island. Apparently Suffolk County has the most of any county in the state of New York.
2: We've, we've seen quite a few of those stations uh, popping up in Riverhead Town and uh, the parking lots of like Uh, The Walmart on Route 58 and where uh, Dick's Sporting Goods Christmas Tree Shops is on on Route 58. They've got banks of them. uh, I think it could
1: still be a challenge. I have a friend who has a Tesla and she went to pick up a friend at MacArthur Airport and she was low on on charging and she went to where they said there was a charger and it didn't exist yeah. and she ended oh, up boy. calling the cops for help and they couldn't find one either so tesla had to come and tow her car back to the dealership oh my goodness yeah I yeah have a, it was i don't know why they were on the map but they didn't exist yet so it's still a little bit of a challenge
0: i i think so i drove to, I, I mentioned i drove to rochester last week and if i had an electric car i'm not sure how that would have how that would have worked yeah. out if i would have been you able have to, to, make you it have to
1: totally plan it i've actually had this debate with my friend because i'm like I, you know how are you going to take your car to florida and she's like well you just have to have spend 45 minutes having lunch where you can charge and yeah. like you have to map it ahead of time and it's just i don't know it's still not I, quite I, 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 there. To, I think they're great for local travel yeah. but the idea of trying to do a cross-country trip and yeah. an electric vehicle could be i think a real I, study I, I, and frustration
0: Two two dogs in the back seat. They're not going to wait forty five minutes for me to charge the uh,
1: charge. Right, the right. There's also a thing interesting. There's also a, an interesting issue with the cobalt. I don't know if you uh, New York Times had done a podcast on that. Um, I guess all of the cobalt comes out of the um, Republic of Congo, oh, and um, there's a real battle.
0: Pod, I heard a po- that podcast. It was really fascinating. fascinating. Yeah, that was
1: really interesting. Like, who does you know? It's right now. It's like China's got their their hands in that. But the U.S. hasn't been paying attention and whoever, whoever controls the cobalt controls the electric car v, um, industry. So be interesting. Yes. that will probably be the site of the next war. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, and I think the United States sold off all its interest in those mines there, you know, years, years ago, ago. Yeah. nobody saw the the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, also in in the budget, um, in, in the state budget was, um a three-year extension of the legalizing of alcohol to go um, by restaurants and taverns Um, and this was something that started in covid to kind of help the restaurants survive that you could go in and you could order your dinner and you could get drinks to go and and all that and i think it was really really successful um, out here, especially on on the South Fork, I imagine the North Fork too. Um, when you had all these restaurants doing, you know, takeout stuff and and all that, I, I do notice that um, sales of full bottles of wine and liquor wouldn't be allowed. I guess you have to go next door to the uh, liquor store for that. I, I don't necessarily understand that, and and I, I I mean, this is a successful thing, right? I I, I know that there were there were. Um, there was some controversy early on, and the early lockdowns that uh, you know because you have to, you can't just go and buy a drink; you have to buy food too, and yeah, so there were controversies about people buying you know a little one serving bag of chips or whatever or popcorn, you know, with the drinks and all that. But I mean, this is a, it's a great thing for the restaurants, right? It it gives them a little more revenue, um, or a lot more revenue, and 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 um, if you're talking about um particularly on 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 the South Fork, where you're talking about little downtown areas in the summer where you've got outdoor dining now, which has also been been extended and you know, and you've got that um, that that kind of you know out, outdoorsy people partying on the street thing. you can you can you know get a drink and get your dinner and and all that.
3: What's the liquor store industry's response to this? Are they the ones that wanted to uh, limit? how much uh, alcohol could be on the go for the restaurant industry?
0: I, I would imagine they were behind the the prohibition of selling full bottles of of wine and liquor. I don't know that for a fact, but yeah, I think you're probably right there.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, see, the thing is, it's a different kind of license. Histor- like, traditionally, is right. on-premises consumption versus, you know, purchase to, to go, which was the liquor store license. And so I guess if, you know, they they carved that exception out to preserve the liquor stores the you know territory there because uh, yes you could always buy a bottle of wine to have you know friends at dinner in a in a restaurant but to allow people to buy a bottle to go. I think they saw that well, as. A, a if they're charging the people. restaurant
1: prices for a bottle to go, I don't see a ton of people who would, who doing that. that. Right? You know, it's not a, like they're comparable true. price points, you right, know, no, not you know $7.99 no, bottle of wine is like $48 in the restaurant. So, right. you know, I'm not um, sure how it all yeah, works I, well. I don't know. I wonder if maybe mixed drinks might be more popular. Are you allowed? Are they going to be allowed to sell yeah. those as well? Yes. well yeah, I, I they're, believe they're, so. In a slurpee cup? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably what it'll be. I mean, that's, I guess, a different. maybe that's like also a different thing. Like you don't go to a liquor store to get a mixed drink. So well, um, but
0: what do you do? So is, are, are you, are you, I mean, I don't drink, so I don't know. Are, are you, are you buying drinks to go from the restaurants and taking them home or are you buying?
1: Well, <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Are you going <laughs> sitting
2: on the
0: park bench? Are you sitting at a, at a picnic table? I mean, I, I don't,
1: I are the are the police matter. going to be waiting? It's going to be there's going to be waiting to pick people up as they walk out with their margarita in hand. I don't know. Oh,
2: or how about drinking it on the way home?
1: If is that considered open container food? if you don't actually drink it but it's yeah. in a cup with a straw in it? I don't yeah. know.
2: Well, I don't know. There's a lot of complicated things about. And that. then what if you
1: what if you're also smoking marijuana? How are they going to determine whether it's the alcohol or the marijuana that's making you drive funny? <laughs>
0: Boy, society. <laughs> so That's complex. A complex issue.
2: The things you never thought we'd have to talk about. <laughs> we were, I, I know.
3: know. We never talk about that stuff.
2: To go cocktails and joints. joints. Along, I don't know.
3: Great. Right. Billions of dollars to rebuild the healthcare workforce and support home care workers sounds <laughs> pretty important. If you could do that, it's finding a, a good home health aid for your elderly parent or Finding a, a, a nursing home facility or just a rehab center where the people are attentive and alert and, and take proper care of your loved one, that's very challenging. And, and and how much can you expect from a person who's making minimum wage yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. take care of a, a difficult, challenging 87-year-old uh, woman or man? Even or educate, not a, or educate
1: a three-year-old as a daycare provider. Yeah. yeah isn't that fun? The other I mean, end of the spectrum.
3: You could argue the people who should be making the most money are making the least. Yep. So that's we have a lot of uh resorting to do in society and governor hochel claims she's attempting to do that with this budget and its investment in in schools and 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 uh, education and and health care
0: and three three hundred million dollars in capital projects yet to be determined on on long island hopefully some of that gets out to the east end
3: yeah um, we, we don't know yet exactly how that's going to be distributed right. but Long Island's getting pretty close to us, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You, know, you had a story this week about uh, transportation, uh, the Suffolk County Transit and uh, and the monies they need to operate and uh, and deal with the reconfiguration. And uh, you know, where does all that money come from? Because it's not self-sustainable. The, the, the fares aren't nearly enough to keep the operation going. Occasionally, I jump on the S ninety two. I'm I'm uh, over sixty years old now, ah. and it costs seventy five cents to go from Southampton to wherever I'm going, and it costs more than that for me to start my car now. Yep. So public transportation <laughs> is very important, and it's very, but it's really challenging. Many years, I worked for Hampton Jitney and the uh, addressing the local needs and how we can uh, uh, better affect. Our community with uh, public transportation and relieve uh, traffic and get people to work, it's an ongoing situation. The story that's in the Southampton Press this week doesn't seem all that different than stories that were printed 40 years ago when the Suffolk County Transit uh, feeder routes began. Right.
1: Remember hey. that great there was that proposal that they were trying to take over the Long Island Railroad lines like after you got past like beyond. And the idea was to run a local like commuter train back and forth every 20 minutes and then use the bus system um, off the spine of that train tracks to get people to where they needed to go. It was a really good idea. But of course, one of those things that, you know, will never, never probably ever happened. Wasn't well, so- the
3: South Fork Express in the mornings? the the part of that. Yeah, they did get that Inter- going. Yeah, yeah,
0: Inter- that's
1: sort of a that's sort of a similar.
3: Yeah, and I think out. that's got some good
0: support. I, I mean, the, the story that Michael was talking about is is they're trying they're calling it re envisioning, um, you know the 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 Suffolk County bus system and, the, you know, I, I think the problem is, is is that they've all they've traditionally seen low ridership on on the east end. Because the population's a, a little lower than in Western Suffolk, but, but it, it seems to me it, it's that chicken and egg thing. I mean, the, the ridership oh, is low that. because the ridership is low because there's no service out Very here. Nice. It, it takes you three hours to get from point A to point B, um, you know, and, and, and all that. Um, the one thing, Michael, I, I mean, so there were there were a couple of different stories that, uh, that, that Michael Wright wrote. And and the other story was about this pilot program to have a, a shuttle bus. The, the shuttle bus is running kind of along um along existing bus routes, mostly right now, I think, in, in East Hampton and Sag Harbor. But I thought this was really cool. And this might be the future. So you have to have a phone app. So you have an app on your phone. You, you you log into the app and you say, I, I need to take a bus um, from your house or from your business or, or whatever. And it it contacts the, the, the bus and the bus driver tells you through the app, um, you know, where to go to pick up this shuttle bus. I mean, I, I, they Michael Wright uh, sat with um, county legislator Bridget Fleming and they were at uh, Ms. Fleming's house. And, and the app told them to walk a block and a half to Noyak Road to pick up the bus on the regular route. It, it stopped. It picked them up for uh, it was two bucks or two and a half bucks each. I don't know what the bus fare is. It's 25, I think. two twenty All right. So right in the middle. Took them uh, to Sag Harbor Village. Um, and um, Michael Wright checked the um, what Uber would have costed for the for the same exact trip, and it would have been like thirty five dollars for for the two of them. So, so this is kind what, of this is kind of like point of service they're calling it. Where
1: are, are the bills? Are the buses just hanging around waiting to be summoned? I'm just curious. Like when you summon one, how do you know it won't be an hour and a half the until they're right where you need them?
0: well, i I think that's gonna be the problem as more and more people use this. I mean they're 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 you know they're they're kind of promoting this as the panacea, but as as you get more and more people hailing them and and they're picking people up and dropping people off, then you're gonna have you know kind of um kind of have to adjust the number of buses out there. Um, yeah, I don't think they're super full right now to answer your question, Annette. Yeah. um uh, but i it, Mike Michael talked to the bus driver, and the bus driver said a lot of kids are are taking this for you know for two you know for two and a quarter um you know it's better than taking the school bus home which may take you know a long time or they're going to sys doing um you know athletic stuff and and taking it to sys and taking it home and um bridget fleming you know thinks that that this is going to really take off it's something to watch i thought it was just really interesting and fascinating and um even though i'm a part-time uh, Uber driver, sometimes I was not uh, put off by the lack of business that it would create for me,
1: yeah, yeah, I think it's a great way for kids to get around. You know how you, you know I just remember sure. as a teenager feeling so stranded and isolated with my parents at work and me not having a license. So it's a great idea. I
0: mean you know, I wasn't here, but but in in Rochester, if I needed to take you know public transit, it was it was a three mile walk to the bus stop. I mean, you know and and then and then you're on the bus for forever and Right.
2: So uh, I mean, pu- let's face it, public transportation, especially on the East End, is practically non-existent. It mm-hmm. really is. It's practically non-existent. And mm-hmm. if you talk to people who um have to really have to depend on it, um some you know, I, I know a man is visually impaired and cannot drive. And yeah. you know, now they, they've Suffolk transit has had the SCAT service for quite some time so that someone like him with a, a physical uh, disability or the uh, uh can, can in fact summon that that bus, but I don't think it's like on demand. Like come, to you have to make arrangements in advance yeah. for it, I believe. And um, you know, it's it's pretty limited. But you know, you just can't, you know, without a car, you can't get around here very well at all. Uh,
0: so Suffolk County Transit. So I mean, so so they say they look at there, there's two things they look at. They they want to improve service for areas where, where there's not a lot of service, which is, which is us out here. But one of their primary goals is, is also providing service for, um, lower income or challenged communities that you know that need public transit to you know to, to to get to work to you know to be employed to to do all that from you know high population um, centers and and so i, I think that's a that's that, that's a tough uh that's a tough balance you know to to try to do both you're, you know if you're going to invest a, a limited amount of money in that service you're going to invest it in, in areas where you're going to get a higher ridership. But again, yeah. that's chicken and the egg. If you invest it out yeah. here, you might get a better better response and better service, too. You
3: know. Well, the 10A, which took people uh, along Noyak Road, it was from Sag Harbor to Southampton Village and uh, and and. Uh, Noyak Road, I mean, it was in existence for 35 years, and not very many people wrote it. And 10B, which has been in existence since 1980 and still is, it doesn't have a high volume uh, ridership, right. as opposed to the S92. The S92 has been in existence for 80 years, essentially, even before Suffolk County Transit. And that's uh, highly used. I, I question some of the scheduling of it, but it takes people from Maury Point of, uh, along the North Fork through Riverhead and then to Hampton Bays. And as far east as Southampton going through, Sag, uh, as far east as East Hampton, and it goes through Sag Harbor on its way. That's highly utilized. And that's Uh, a pretty effective means of public transportation. There's some issues with its its scheduling, but there are times when when people are standing shoulder to shoulder, at least they were before the pandemic.
0: Mm -hmm. It It might take you three hours to get to your doctor's appointment and three hours to get home, but at least it's an option, right?
3: Well, it's a, it's a, if you're not going too far, there are, let's face it, we all sometimes have days where we're going from Southampton to the East Hampton and it takes uh, 90 minutes. It's yeah. whether you're on the bus or you're driving. True.
0: And you can't walk
3: it. <laughs> no. And it's coming. <laughs>
0: Denise, let's. Uh, so there was a, a visitor to the Riverside uh, traffic circle. This past week, Um, uh, talk a little bit about that, and then you wanted to talk to a little bit about the history of the fish ladder, too.
2: Yeah, uh, presumably he's uh, now already. What what time was this happening? Male, he's probably flapping his flippers uh, already in the ocean. Uh,
0: Juvenile seal. I don't think I said this
2: this was a a male, uh, a a juvenile male um, harbor seal, which uh, found its way. into Grangeville Park up the Peconic River. Um, And then thanks to the fishway that the town uh, with all kinds of like federal and state and county support. um, That's a town owned park. The town constructed this fishway that people also refer to as a fish ladder um, to allow for the uh, migration of um, um, alewife Fish. fish Yeah. Mm-hmm. um that uh, they they come in from the ocean and they go up the river to spawn every spring it's like right about now uh the this the season for them um and people have speculated that that's probably what drew the <laughs> the seal because they make you know a good snack yeah. and um anyway the seal went back down uh you want to go down the river and and went up the fish way and um Ended up in the traffic circle in Riverside uh, early Sunday morning, and we got some funny photos from the um, Southampton Town Police, who uh, you know <laughs> captured him, for, and, and they issued him. a they issued a press release. I couldn't figure out if it was tongue in cheek or not because they wrote about it like it, he was like a suspect that they were you know. Right. That, and, yeah, and he, he, he fled to the. He fled to the west. He fled west. They didn't say on foot because. You and know,
1: it was like around and, April Fool's Day, so you never know.
2: Yeah, it was. And then, and then you know they took him into
1: custody. Yeah. They said. But like, did he, was did he able to like, make bail? Is he part of the bail reform <laughs> No bail. No bail. He had, he had some bail. Oh, he
2: had some you prior see what injuries. happens? <laughs> they called instead the uh, New York Marine Rescue Center, which used to be called the Riverhead Foundation. Uh, And that's based in the uh, uh, the Long Island Aquarium on Main Street in Riverhead. And um, they, of course, rescue um, stranded uh, marine mammals and sea turtles. And um, they came and, uh, you know, after the police had corralled him or taken him into custody, whichever you uh, prefer. uh, But he was under arrest and uh, they came and they came and got him. And uh, they were uh, releasing him today on Friday. so, although they say on Friday, April 9th in this press release, and Friday is April eighth, so um, yeah, but I, I believe it's today. So, anyway, be released. I wonder uh, if they I thought he was he an escapee
1: from the from the aquarium. You know, that would be my first thought is yeah. that he got <laughs> loose lying. from because that's so close. You know, <laughs> yeah, be checking in on his on his brethren there. I don't know. I think, but know uh, it's
0: not not uncommon to see these seals can can yeah. travel a couple miles um, out outside of water and um they 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 apparently they slither along on their bellies like uh like 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 an
2: inchworm they undulate yeah uh but but it's not uncommon to see seals actually in the uh in the river up the river even you know further west than uh grangeville park we've got photos of them over the years that you know it's kind of it seems like a novelty but yeah they, they do it and uh So this little guy, uh, you know, he was pretty lucky because it was very early in the morning. Because that traffic on a Sunday, so I mean, as we all know, that traffic circle can get pretty busy. And if his timing had been different, yeah, I don't know, you know, would have been a blubber bump, I guess. But oh, Oh.
0: (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble for that.
2: We're
1: we're going to have we're going to have to end
0: it. We're going to have to end it on blubber bump.
1: (laughs) That's a really good word. We are
0: we are out of time once again thank you uh thank you everybody for uh for joining us today it was a great show um my guests were denise civiletti from riverhead local michael Mackey from wliw my co-host annette hinkle from the express news group and i'm bill sutton
2: from the express news group we'll see you next week